0: Welcome to the UNH Law Faculty Podcast Series, giving insight into current topics and legal issues. This podcast series is presented by the UNH Law Admissions Department. Learn more about the law school and apply by visiting law.unh.edu slash admissions. Today, we are with Professor Sophie Sparrow, who is nationally recognized as an innovative leader in legal education, being named one of the 25 most influential leaders in legal education in 2012, 13, and 14. She focuses her work on the scholarship of teaching and learning is the co-author of seven books on teaching law and has conducted more than 100 workshops for professors, administrators, lawyers, and judges all around the world. She just received a university-wide three-year award for excellence in teaching, and today we'll be discussing Liebeck v. McDonald's, commonly referred to as the McDonald's coffee case, as an introduction to what torts are. And start off, what are torts?
1: So, common misconceptions about what torts are. Torts are civil lawsuits, so not criminal, so it's not about going to jail, but civil lawsuits that um, involve somebody trying to right a wrong that's happened to them. It's usually based on common law. So the law that it's based on is usually law that's made by judges coming down from court reported decisions as opposed to enacted statutes. Um, And it's not a contracts claim. So it's very broad. It covers a lot of things.
0: How do you introduce students to it?
1: So I, I, Ask them to. I tell them about the Stella Liebeck case. You might be familiar with it. Most people are. Um, Stella Liebeck was a woman in Albuquerque who bought a cup of coffee. She paid forty-nine cents for it. She spilled the coffee in her lap. She ended up suing McDonald's for the burns she got, and a jury awarded her two point seven million dollars. So I, actually, I misspoke. It's 2.9 million dollars, not oh. 2.7. Uh, so it's almost three million dollars. And I call it the Stella Liebeck case because it's about a human. And these stories are about people think torts are about people just who are out there who are suing people and. They don't think of them as real events and people with real harms. Um, we actually know from statistics and studies that they've done that the vast majority of people who could sue a healthcare provider for medical malpractice do not sue do never so. So this is a story about Stella Leibach. Um She was a woman and she had serious, serious burns. So I try not to talk about it at McDonald's, just call it the McDonald's case, because then people think of McDonald's. And I want people to also remember that there was a person involved who got seriously harmed. What sort
0: of assumptions do people make about this case? Because it is very controversial.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's called sort of the uh, it's the best story for what's wrong with the American tort system, right? It's like, this is where lawsuits go crazy. So people make a lot of assumptions. They, uh, they assume that she's just kind of a lawsuit happy kind of person who just I mean, we all know them, unfortunately. Um, they sue, if somebody tries to repair their driveway, they sue them because they didn't do it perfectly or A contractor's repairing a window and they sue them, or they sue their neighbors for their leaf blowing. And so there's this assumption that she's that kind of a person. She was 79 years old, and she had never sued anybody in her life. She was a retired department store clerk, and she was just upset that she was burned. Um, They also assumed that she wasn't taking responsibility. And and the common assumption is, wait a minute, you're the one holding the coffee, and you spilled it on your lap because of something you're doing. Like, how does that have anything to do with McDonald's? That's not their fault. Everybody who buys coffee, one of the reasons you buy hot coffee is because it's hot. And you want to drink it while it's hot. So, like, this is her fault.
0: Yeah. So, how did it end up being McDonald's fault for it?
1: So, um, it's so part of it was she wasn't driving. She wasn't driving. So commonly people think like, yeah, if you're driving, you're distracted, you're not paying attention, you know, you're just kind of half doing something. Um, But she wasn't driving. She was actually in the passenger seat of her nephew's car. They were parked in the parking lot of the Albuquerque McDonald's, one of the Albuquerque McDonald's. Um, Her nephew's car was an older model, so it didn't actually have cup holders. So they are stationary. She takes the cup of coffee and she puts it in her knees, and she takes the lid off to put cream and sugar in. And it tips and spills. So the entire cup of coffee spills and just soaks her entire you know, inner thighs, lap area.
0: So how does this still end up being McDonald's fault? It's- It was her action that caused it, ultimately.
1: So, yes, in part it was her fault. But one of the things that came out when they were investigating the case is that McDonald's serves its coffee at incredibly high, high temperatures, almost near boiling temperatures. So one of the things that they learned is that they brew their coffee they have standard policies right so mcdonald's national franchise you've got to do quality control so they uh make their policies are to boil the brew the coffee at 195 to 200 degrees fahrenheit so boiling is 212 degrees so we're not that far off and then they require that the different mcdonald's uh restaurants hold the coffee hot at 180 to 190 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's also still really, really, really hot. And when that hot coffee fell on her, she was way more seriously burned. It wasn't just like, I mean, we've probably all burned ourselves where you touch a hot thing by accident and you go to pull something out of the stove and you get a blister or it gets, and my skin might peel and you put some ointment on it, but it's, you take a Tylenol or something. It's not so bad. Um, She had third degrees burns. Oh, wow. So that meant that the burn went through her skin layers into her deeper tissue. Um, She was in the hospital for eight days, and she had to have skin grafts. She lost, I think, she lost 20 pounds, which is about 20 percent of her body weight. So she's a small woman. Um, I think the third-degree burns covered something like six percent of her body, and then there are additional burns. And then she, her daughter, had to um, leave work and stay home with her and take care of her. So it was a, it was a very, very, very serious burn. This isn't just like, ow, it hurts, and I got red. How did this play out in court? So she initially. Um, when Mrs. Liebeck, when she, so after this experience, she reached out to McDonald's and asked them for. I believe she asked them for twenty thousand dollars. She wrote them a letter and said, "This is on her own. She didn't lawyer up or anything." And she writes them a letter and says, um, "I have incurred. You know, I've got ten thousand dollars of medical expenses. I've got. I'll probably have to spend twenty five hundred more. Now, just." Little sidebar in today's world, these would be way more expensive because this happened thirty years ago. Yeah, medical expenses gone (laughs) up a hair (laughs) a lot as we go. So she needed rehab. She had permanent scar tissue. She had disability, and then she had the loss income from her her daughter. And all of that total, I think at the time was about eighteen thousand dollars. So she asked McDonald's, you know, will you pay for this? Your coffee was super hot. And McDonald's said, we'll give you eight hundred dollars. How did they come to that number? Well, people who argue for McDonald's say that obviously meant that it was a frivolous, you know, it was kind of...
0: Just to write it off.
1: Just to write off. And it's like, well, it wasn't a real claim because if it was a serious claim, they would have done something more. They would have acknowledged it because she was a pretty sympathetic witness, right? Here she is this articulate retired person in her 80s, and it's like, well, she could be very sympathetic. But I think they just thought her claim isn't strong enough. So we're not going to settle this. And in fact, after um, Stella found an attorney, and it turned out that that attorney had helped other McDonald's burn victims get awards, and so he knew something about this. And once they filed the lawsuit, she, um, the lawyer actually reached out to McDonald's and said, look, um, you know we're suing you for a lot of money. She's got pain and suffering in addition to these medical expenses, lost income, um, but we'll settle for $300,000. And McDonald's said no. Before the trial started, the judge ordered the parties to mediation. So they have to sit down with a neutral person who would evaluate the case. And the mediator recommended that the case was worth Two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. So McDonald's could have accepted that amount as this is what somebody. Th- a lot of times, mediators in these cases are retired judges, so they have a sense of like what a jury is probably likely to award in this case. Um, and McDonald's said no. We're going to we're going to go to trial on this.
0: Well, how'd that play out for for them in this?
1: So really interesting. Um, at trial, the jurors. So the jurors, some of them were kind of skeptical about this case. Like one of them interviewed after the fact, and he said, "You know, I'm. You know, why are we? You know, jury duty, this right? Court? It's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got like burned what? From a This coffee. is a coffee smell. Yeah. You know, like really." Was kind of skeptical, but they had no idea the kinds of injuries that she had. So they were shown really gruesome pictures of the kinds of burns that she had. Um, The other thing they learned is they were experts for uh, Mrs. Liebeck, and the experts testified how fast you could be burned at these high temperatures. So if water is, I just have to look back at my notes because it's, I don't always remember these, but if if your coffee, let's say the coffee is 160 degrees, takes about 20 seconds, which isn't that long, to get a third degree burn. But, if you increase it 20 degrees, so like 180 degrees, um, it takes about 12 to 15 seconds.
0: So think of how long it takes for you to hit you and be able to react and get out of the way.
1: So if they hold it at between 180 and 190, and if the coffee hitter was at 190, and 190, it takes less than three seconds.
0: It's instantaneous, basically.
1: Basically, yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's exponential. It's yeah. not just like this linear progression. It's like you increase it 10 degrees and it's half as fast or whatever. Anyway, so they heard about that. And they heard from um, burn experts, physicians and stuff, who, people who said, yeah, no, this is this is dangerous. Exposing people to liquid at that temperature is, you know, it can burn you this fast and it's really dangerous. And the jurors also got a picture of what it was like. So she was, here she is sitting, you know, in the stationary car, and she's got these cotton sweatpants. You know, now that it's athleisure, but the day you know people had cotton sweatpants, and they're kind of thick. And so, when the coffee spilled, it soaked into her sweatpants, and it's and it sat next to her skin. And I think I don't know because. I don't. I haven't seen a trans. I've been able to find a transcript of the trial. But one of the things is that a, the skillful attorney would have had walked the jury through like exactly what this is like. So you're sitting in this car and you get coffee on yourself. I don't think the first thing you do is jump out of the car and rip off all your clothes in front of other people especially in a parking lot no, <laughs> that's right? the last I thing mean, you would think like about doing probably you're screaming because <laughs> yeah. it hurts so much and then you're embarrassed that this is happening and you feel like an idiot and then you might say to your nephew like oh man i, I that that i am in such pain can we go home immediately Right. So you're not necessarily going to do this. I've actually had I haven't had third degree, but I've had second degree burns. And the first thing I thought about was, oh, my God, I don't want to tell anybody that I was so stupid to spill pasta water on myself. But they learned about this coffee. They also learned the jurors also learned that um, in the past 10 years before. So she was burned in 92. And in the past 10 years, McDonald's had received over 700 complaints about their coffee and they had paid money to people based on those burns. So in one case, I think they said that they had paid somebody, they they had to disclose this, that they had paid another burn victim like $500,000 to settle a case. So they had settled these cases before, um, and they knew this. But another thing that came out during the trial was McDonald's Quality Control said, yes, we've had these complaints. But in the scope of things, you know, we're a multi-billion dollar business. You know, a, a few burns here and there don't really matter. And the jurors were shocked by that. It's like, you're saying that this woman's, you know, we've just seen these, you know, her burnt legs and how horrible that is, her whole groin area. And you're saying that, well, it's statistically insignificant. So In the early days of cable news, too, that just is not what you want to get out. Yeah, exactly. And they said that, you know, considering the number of burns that people had reported, now that's just the ones they heard about. doesn't say anything about how many more there were. But considering the number of complaints they had compared to the billions of coffee, cups of coffee they served, it was, again— It's minuscule. It's minuscule. It's like, yeah, we did the, you know— Cost benefit analysis, and it's not worth us to lower the co- temperature of the coffee. So it went to the jury, and the jury awarded her um, $200,000 in what they say are compensatory damages. So that's compensatory damages like they're compensating you. So that would be for pain and suffering, for medical bills, for any rehab, for her daughter's lost income if she needed special clothes or anything related. So it's directly related to the injury you experienced. So they said $200,000, but getting back to your earlier question about wasn't it her fault, the jury actually found that she was 20% at fault. So they didn't just say it's all McDonald's. They said it's partly her fault because she did spill the coffee. But if the coffee hadn't been that horrendously hot, she would have gotten maybe red marks, but she wouldn't have been in the hospital for eight days. So anyway, so they reduced, they subtracted the 20%, and they awarded $160,000 to her for compensation, and then they awarded punitive damages. Now, punitive damages are to punish the defendant, and it's done only when in torts cases, judges are... It, let me stop and say, they're hard to get. Like, you have to prove that somebody or a defendant was malicious, reckless, wanton. It has to be really flagrant behavior. Think something like, um, you know, dumping, toxic dumping or something, where you knew that it was toxic and you dumped it anyway and stuff. Um, Anyway, so the jury said uh, they wanted to punish McDonald's for their disregard for human life and burns and everything and so they ca- they talked about a number of different figures up to nine million dollars apparently at one point they ultimately awarded 2.7 million dollars in uh, punitive damages and that was based on two days of coffee sales so million.35 that's what McDonald's gets and so they're like okay we're gonna fault you for or punish you for two days of coffee sales. That's not so much. Um the judge after the trial, the judges the judge reduced it, said, you know, this is too much. So he brought it down to I think it was six hundred thousand dollars in that ballpark. And afterwards, McDonald's and Mrs. Liebeck settled for um, some amount, undisclosed. You know, they signed non disclosure agreement for less than $600,000. But what people remember is, oh my God, spill coffee, you get $3 million. It's It's the headline. Yeah, it is the (laughs) headline. And that's what people remember. So one of the things I tell my students is like, you've got to really look at what the facts are. So if someone says they burned themselves with a cup of coffee, don't just leave it at that. You've got to investigate the facts. And one of the things that they did, right, so they have, they get the hard evidence. It's like, what did those burns look like? What are the, you know, what's the photos? What are the doctor reports? And then during the, uh, before the trial, some of the investigators working for the attorney were going around and they were testing the temperature of other coffee at other sort of big retail chains, you know, to see, like, okay, what's Dunkin' Donuts coffee or what's, you know, before Star- Starbucks was everywhere, but just, like, what's the temperature in other ways? And then, you know, again, on that notion of, like, you've got to dig for the facts, it's like talking to burn experts and talking to people in health and safety places and saying, okay, so what's reasonable? When is when is hot, too hot? Um, so that's one thing. And then another thing I like to point out to students is you you can't just go to court and sue somebody. You have to have a a law, and you have to have a a basis for your lawsuit. And in this case, um, they used uh, products liability. So the theory was that the coffee was inherently dangerous because it was too hot. Now, one way I I explain that is, so if you have a defective product because it's dangerous, Um, And it can, and it should be able to be made safe. So like, you know, a car where the brakes don't work, that's a product's liability. Um, But if they had just said, this is a contract case, right? So she paid 49 cents, you got a defective cup of coffee. So now you get what you paid for. So now we'll give you back 49 cents. But if you wanted the damages for the actual injuries, then you've got to think about it. And McDonald's probably wasn't negligent. They weren't just careless about this. Um, That wasn't gonna fly. So they had to come up with a theory that, that works. So at the end of the day, what I tell students is, you know, think hard and question what you hear about lawsuits. And then when you're an attorney, you know, think of the humans involved. Make sure you are being uh, responsive and respectful of them and really hearing out what their story is and what their life is like. And then do your homework. Thank you so much
0: to Professor Sophie Sparrow for joining me today. This podcast series is presented by the UNH Law Admissions Department. Learn more about the law school and apply by visiting law.unh.edu slash admissions. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast service. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire.